Hey everybody, it's Nolan North, you know, Nathan Drake from Uncharted, and you're listening to the Geek Apocalypse Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome along to episode 114 of the Geek Apocalypse Podcast with yours truly, Mr. Stephen Hesse, and thank you so much for checking out the podcast. Man, we're into June already. Doesn't time fly when you're having fun, or in some cases, not at all. But welcome, uh, but speaking of fun, nice segue. This is a very, very fun podcast with the guys from Renfest, which I'll talk to you about in a second, which which is Joe Shock, or Shock as I pronounced it, uh, who is the commercial director for Renfest, so he does the directing, as well as maybe Joe Peel, who played Elizabeth, who is the main character of a comedy web series called Renfest, which is on Kickstarter right now. Uh, so obviously they sent me an email basically and said we'd love to come on to the podcast uh, and talk about it, which is really cool. Love getting requests, it shows that I'm doing a good job. So I was like, totally. So they sent me the mini pilot, which you get as one of the stretch goals, uh, or the uh, contributing, I should say, for the Kickstarter. So they gave me a password and I watched it a couple of times and I loved it. And I... As people know who are honest with this podcast, I'd be honest to tell you if I didn't like it and I wouldn't have them on and say, sorry, it's not on my field, but... Or even, well, actually, I probably would have them on just to be not just, you know, if I, if I didn't like it, but I found, respected it, if that makes sense. But no, I generally found it funny, and uh, yeah, so I was like, yeah, that sounds awesome, guys. I have no problem being upfront about liking this, so um, totally, let's come on and talk about it. So that's what happened. Um, they were a little bit pressed for time because they had an interview afterwards, but basically we talk about... Joe Shock grown up in Minnesota, but where they're both from, how the project came to be, um, how how he was a commercial director in LA and worked with like Shaquille O'Neal and William Shatner, which I talked about briefly towards the end of the interview. Um, and it's just really, really interesting to kind of see how this project came to fruition. Um, if you want to obviously more information about it, I'll obviously mention. Uh, if you go to uh, obviously the kickstarter.com forward slash project slash renfest, you can find it there as well as renfest.tv and to give you a brief synopsis because we touch on it throughout the podcast obviously it's basically it's it's the office meets uh, renaissance festival and that it is set it with uh, mary joe plays a character called elizabeth who basically goes to the festival after being appointed as assistant manager and tries to make it an authentic place uh, essentially the renaissance and a bunch of characters she meets does a whole bunch of things throughout the pilot episode that stops her doing her job with hilarious consequences and there's a lot of obviously eccentric characters so again obviously has the office feel to it and i say very very funny very authentic very well made and uh, yeah if you like the sound of that please obviously donate to it and go and check it out and in terms of this podcast obviously please do let people know um obviously tell people about it uh, subscribe like uh, and stuff and obviously if you like donating and uh contributing to our shop feel free Terms of upcoming episodes, Lawrence O'Brien uh, from Wutan Games, as well as uh, Scott Waring from Car Wars. It's happening in a few days' time, but this is episode 114 with the guys from Renfest, Joe and Mary. Mary, enjoy! I am 
I can look like a dish monitor it through my other software. Basically, I'm just recording it video wise, so I'm just ripping the Skype video uh, using a different software, and uh, I'll just rip the audio from that. Problem solved. Cool. So I can I can monitor the levels through what I'm looking at. So I'm looking at you in a different screen from an old other from an old template. Okay, cool. Um, as I just this is a sort of pre thing. I'm recording from this point, but obviously I'll find a natural point to edit. But if you haven't listened to my show before, it's very controver- uh, controversial. No, it's not. It's um, very um, uh, con- conversational. Is the word I was trying to say. Um, yeah, it's very conversational. I will obviously talk about your histories, uh, your past history of like, you know, obviously being an actress and being a director. Because I was reading your your your, your like um, synopsis on the website, and there's a lot of stuff in particular, Joe, that I read about you, where I'm like, oh, the obvious questions about, I guess, being the stereotypical geek, like working with Shatner, and and I'm a huge NBA fan, so I'd obviously want to ask you about Shaquille O'Neal. Um, oh. Okay. Uh, and stuff like that, if that's okay. Um, I guess I ask this of everyone, regardless who's on. It's just obviously we obviously had to talk about Renfest, uh, Renfest. Uh, so we'll talk we'll talk about that for the most part. But obviously we'll talk about your backgrounds and stuff. But I always say to people before we start, is there anything in particular you want me to definitely bring up that I might not? The Kickstarter. Yes, I have it open actually, <laughs> so I'm obviously going to talk about that. Um, yeah. yeah. For sure that, I mean, we're just trying, you know, we want to just encourage people not just to contribute because maybe not everyone can contribute a ton, but if they can yes. just share it, just share the shit out. Yeah, of, of course. Yeah. 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 And um, I, I, I also, I'll probably mention as well, because I'm obviously skimmed through your, your Kickstarter and it was on your website as well. It's Penn Gillette backed it, which is pretty, that's pretty yeah. awesome. I'm a huge fan Isn't of his. Um, I'm yeah. a huge fan of his. So... Um, considering he did, although um, it's funny, we, in the last podcast, I actually just released part one yesterday, um, I actually brought him up because I use him as an example of someone where I agree with him in the majority of stuff that he brings up, um, but sometimes he says things that I just don't agree with, but I really enjoy listening to him regardless. Um, I sometimes think he gets a little out of line, but in general, um, he, he says a lot of really fun stuff, and I'm a huge Magic fan, so... Yeah, I yeah. Watch, I the watch. nice nice thing about Pendulette is that uh, he knows that uh, people aren't going to agree with everything he says. Exactly. And he's yeah. Completely open to the conversation. Yeah, yeah. And fights it. So, which is one of the <laughs> reasons I like him for that is that yeah, you don't yeah. you don't need to. Uh, I always say this all the time is that you don't. It's like having a bunch of friends that agree with you all the time. I don't think that's actually yeah. very um, constructive to get to be to grow as a a human being. Like um, to debate is the best part of dealing with stuff. But anywho. Um, awesome. So yeah, does that sound cool to you guys? Obviously, talk about that. Um, Kickstarter. Great. Kickstarter in general is always um, is always a fun one. Um, I, I I don't know how much of that was improvised in ter- uh, in terms of the mini panel. Oh oh yes, before I officially start as well, um, because I always am fearful of this, especially if someone gives me any pre-release material. Is how much of the mini pilot can I ask about? Because. Well, I mean, you you can ask. We, we want to. We don't want to reveal too much of the mini pilot, just because that's uh, one of the impetuses for people to exactly, yeah. contribute and stuff. Yeah, so. which I obviously understand. So, but I guess it can, can I? I guess I can ask you this before we officially start. Just and if it's this is fine, if, if that's not possible. But like, if I obviously tell you, like, if I ask you about how it's for, like was filmed and stuff like that, that's okay. But I guess oh, there's yeah. no plot devices. I guess. 
like nothing. Yeah, I mean, we can refer to certain scenes, I think, yeah. don't you, MJ? I mean, yeah, should... and anything to tease it to get people into yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's what I was we did think... at the Twitch event. So. Yeah, well, I was thinking like there was random because I rewatched it about an hour ago just so it was fresh in my memory, and um, and there was some odd lines, and I told you guys. Um, like uh, before the before this, uh, like a couple of days ago, that with my sister being like kind of a very similar um, role <laughs> right, as, as Elizabeth, Elizabeth yeah. is that oh my god, I just was watching it, watching it and listening to this going. It's like conversations I've had on the phone with my sister, or like and just <laughs> oh, which is that. great, which shows that you really understood it. Um, yeah. but, and as I say, I hope like you know, because as someone who I'll say this unofficially before we start, because I, I mean it, it's my sister's business, but you know, I've, um, she the last time I spoke to her on the phone, she's just moved to like Blackpool to start a museum there. Which, if anyone's not known Blackpool very well in England, it's like the mecca for, especially in the like sixties and such. Like Morecambe and Wise first like uh, performed there as a group and and there's a whole host of history there but they haven't had a museum there the entire time it's been there um so my sister actually runs it that runs it now and they've been trying to get gain funding to actually like have a historical you know look back at, yeah. at what blackpool's done because it's a it's it used to be the place to go in new in um, in the uk and it's kind of died slow death um to the point of and I didn't know this. She was telling me a bunch of stuff that got me dead interested. Like, there's there's actual circ- there's a, a whole circus group there, like kind of like a circus delay act thing that literally resides in Blackpool and performs every week, like oh, really? continually for years on end. And like, I never knew that um, and stuff like that. So anyway, just random random cool. fact, random fact. But anyway, yeah. that, that just in- that interests me for that reason. I guess is what I'm saying. Um, so we'll talk about that. Well- we should let you know, Stephen, that we have another um, uh, interview at noon in 45 minutes. So All right, okay, we... so we better start. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, just just to give you the heads up. On okay, that. well, let's start then. Uh, cool. Well, uh, hi, guys. Thanks, Mary and Joe, for being on the podcast. It's much appreciated. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hi, guys. Um, obviously, uh, I should mention, obviously, we had to talk about RenFest, which is a a project that these guys are working on. Mary is Elizabeth in the show, and Joe uh, Shock is the director. Um, so we had to talk to them on Skype. So I guess hey, Stephen, sorry, yes, I, let's go for him. Can, sorry. Um, so my name is Joe, and then okay, she goes by Mary Joe. Oh, okay. Yeah. That. Sorry. If All right. If you want to. Okay. So Mary yeah, Joe and Joe. Okay. We just start it over. Is All right. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. If you want to yeah. just. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No problem. Um. Okay. So yeah. Hi guys. I'm here with uh, Mary Joe and uh, Joe, uh, who is the director, and uh, Mary is the actress, and they get to talk about Ren Fence and a bunch of other things. Hello, guys. Hey. Hello, Stephen. No problem. Obviously, we're on Skype, so I just let people be aware of when they're listening to this that we're obviously going to go back and forth and try not to interrupt each other, which happens a lot on Skype, and if. If anyone becomes robotic, uh, I'll try and get rid of it and post edit. Uh, which is I, that's a reference to every time we see me do Skype, people start ending up robot like robot like because of the connection and stuff. So I guess Thank as you uh, very much, Steven. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh no, it's happening already. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm um, obviously uh, just just for to provide people who are listening the context is. Uh, the guys were very kind enough to send me um, the the password to see the mini pilot of Renfest, which we can't go too much into in terms of plot and stuff. But we're obviously going to talk about that. But I guess 
So just let people know that I have seen it and I really like it. That's my official opinion, and I, I'm not just saying that because I'm talking to them right now. But uh, I, uh, <laughs> uh, although although the money they sent me really does help. But um, uh, but anyway, so <laughs> but I guess the most obvious place to start, guys, is to ask you guys how. Uh, like individually starting with Mary, like how did you guys first get involved in the project? Well, uh, a friend of ours um, that we have both worked with, Joe Shock and myself have worked with independently, Jeff Stonehouse, gathered us together in, I think, January of 2015. And he had had this idea for quite some time about doing something at the Minnesota Renaissance Festival. So uh, Joe Schock, Mary Jo Peels, myself, uh, Jeff Stonehouse, uh, Sean Otto, and Paul Sadegi started brainstorming what this could be. And we tossed about the, uh, around the idea that it's, an, is it a mockumentary? Is it a documentary? And we finally alighted on the idea that it would be an episodic comedy. And so since then, step by step, we've just, it's been a real labor of love piecing it together, um, deploying all our efforts. And last fall, we got to, to shoot a uh, mini pilot at the Renaissance Festival while it was going on. Joe Shock, have I covered the bases? What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I think so. I, th- I mean, it was, I, and really it was almost a gestation period of, um, you know, over a full year and probably beyond that too, because I think Jeff probably spoke to each of us about it, I don't know, four or five years in advance. As I mean, it, you know, it was just like, like an idea of, hey, wouldn't it be funny kind of thing. And mm-hmm. then uh, the, through a, several circumstances having to do with the uh, festival itself, potentially moving locations, we felt like it was just time we had to get going and pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting because that was obviously something I was going to ask you in relation to the, the mini pilot because – there's so many people like in the background and stuff, and I'm thinking, God, to get that many people involved in it. But there's so, I guess, to to elaborate on. So that was a real festival you said there. We shot uh, during the festival operation. So the concept, the idea, and how I think we're going to outsmart this and be able to deliver a high production value for, um, you know, a, a a small amount of funds is is that we're working at an actual festival. And, uh, it's, you know, most of the art, we supplement the art direction stuff that's there, but really it's such a rich visual palette that, uh, we aren't going to have to do too much. And, you know, we have actors or, you know, way, way below theater. Uh, but, <laughs> but, uh, which you know, is a light from the show. Yeah, but we have actors, you know, at our disposal, we come from a community, in Minneapolis, St. Paul, that is a super, super rich, uh, theater community. Mm-hmm. And it, mm-hmm. and so we have tons of people that we can pull in, um, people that have gone off to Hollywood. We have, you know, we have grand plans eventually to do little, uh, cameos for people, uh, a la like, um, Curb Your Enthusiasm or a- actually Ricky Gervais's, uh, extras that mm-hmm. was on HBO. Yep. Um, you know, just do little fun little things like that. So. Yeah, because that's something I wanted to ask you guys about, because obviously being based in the UK, well, a couple of things come to mind when you say that, actually, is because um, I guess let's start with the, I guess, me being the ignorant one in terms of 
in terms of the obvious thing that people say about America is that, you know, or I guess from the from the outside looking in is that people think the place to go and the place to film and the place to be is to go to LA and, and, and all the sort of, I guess, major cities in America to kind of to get a, flat, a thriving theatre scene and stuff, but you've just said that's not the case for things. So I guess what's your sort of opinion on on that on that stereotypical view? I guess. Well, uh, I think I think LA is a, a terrific production center. I mean, it really is. I mean, you know, everything's at your disposal. Having I make my living really shooting commercials, and then I work on my own projects, and yeah. this is one of them. And yeah, um, but. Um, you know, having shot in LA, it's a really great place to shoot, but it's expensive, and it's also it has its own own infrastructure. You get into the system there, and it kind of dictates how things are done. We want to do something with uh, its own kind of unique tone to it. Yeah, um, we wanted the freedom to deliver what we wanted to deliver, and so we felt like probably the best way to do that was to establish. Uh, a, a you know a clear tone a clear uh idea of what the story was and who the characters were mm-hmm. and uh we just felt like the best way to do that would be to to do it independently and to work in minnesota in addition you know just coming from here we have like i said we have some of the top crew i mean some some of the people we work with you know they travel all over the world and you know work on aa movies mm-hmm. and uh we we are all kind of sick of traveling so much, and we wanted to work some uh, on something here together. So yeah, yeah, and all these people kind of fly under the radar, being the Midwesterners that we yeah. are. So we have amazing talent, amazing crew here, and um, LA certainly has its place. But LA doesn't have the Minnesota Renaissance Festival, you know, our built-in backdrop. So. Mm-hmm. That was a huge piece of it. Obviously. So yeah, I guess there's a lot of practicality to it as as well. Like and Joe said, it's convenient to be where you where you currently hang out, but also you've got all this accessibility, which makes a lot of sense to be there. Um, there's a there's also I I think you know there's a certain unreality that comes with LA and comes with those production centers. You know, if you go and you build a set and you manufacture all this, and and we were more interested in kind of. Uh, using the existing kind of environment and the existing yeah. uh, community that surrounds it. And we just felt like that would just lend so much and, and bring depth to the whole show. That's, I'm really, actually, that's quite convenient that you brought that up because you were, I was thinking about this the other day because I actually watched a, an interview with John Cleese about, um, it was a it was a famous thing that happened years ago when Life of Brian first came out where it got criticised because obviously, because of the, the, sub- because of the subject matter. Yeah. Um, and I, it's on YouTube for those that are on about what I'm on about, but it was a BBC show where basically they got a bunch of, like, it was an archbishop and a, and a, and a, a minister or something, obviously criticising the show and whatnot. But within that interview, which is what, in reference to what we're talking about now, um, he got asked about, like, is he going to do any more Faulty Towers? Because around the time he did just in the second series and all this kind of stuff. And he said, like, no, because I don't want to get into, and he was kind of, par- I guess, parodied, like paraphrasing um, American shows because they're a lot more like this. Is he said he didn't want to get into this mindset of of just churning out episodes for the sake of churning them out without them having like you know episodes of like real yeah. purity and all this kind of thing. So with having two Americans on, the obvious question to ask you guys is: is that kind of the point of like? Obviously, I know there's. 
you've, you've got you've got you've got like you can make all the decisions doing a, a project like this. But is that part of the part of the reason as well as the you know you can um you can like decide on making sure each episode means something as opposed to having these generic like 24 episodes a season or whatever whatever they are do you see my point yeah um mj do you do you want to address that or do you want me to uh would you would you start joe because i'm still noodling on the question yeah go okay um so i i think that um first off we have like 426 really strong scripts for episode. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and whittling them down is going to take longer yeah. for the Kickstarter, yeah. really. Uh. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I, the nice thing about what's kind of happened in TV right now, and it's happened yeah. in the U.S., is that uh, there have been these uh, uh, showrunners, filmmakers, storytellers that have actually have taken a stance and said, you know what? This, our story is done after X amount of episodes, and I just can't see it going further than that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's something that, yeah, we like to, we would like to be able to have that, mm-hmm. uh, that ability to say, you know what? This, we, we aren't interested in drawing this out to the point where people hate it. We have no idea where that's going to be, right. though. And that could be, that could be after, you know, two seasons that could be after five seasons, whatever. I we just really don't know. Um, and and the goal is to get it on TV in some form. Okay. Uh, and the, the form of TV has changed. It could be on Hulu. It could be on Netflix. It could be you know on uh, any any type of uh, Amazon. Yeah, yeah. It could be on IFC. It could, you know who knows? But mm. um, you know we we're uh, so so we're open to all that, and we aren't. Yeah. Uh, you know, thumbing our nose at that. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to add? Yeah, we, we've we've got a, a ton of ideas, as as Joe said. And the other thing about this group, this core group, is that we really have a good way of we have a shared sensibility about what that looks like and yeah. uh, feeling that out as we go along. And the big part of it for us is we want to work with people we have fun with and we want to have fun with the project. And Joe's right. That might be, it might wear itself out after two seasons or three seasons or hopefully 10. Who knows? <laughs> but I guess like, as, as we were talking about, I guess the huge advantage is you're not like sort of constrained by a contract where you sign something for years and you have to do it for the sake of doing it. Whereas, as you say, it's a part, like it's, I know Joe, sort of hinted at this earlier is that it's like a passion project and and so mm-hmm. with it being a passion project you do it logically until the passion ends really um which is has its huge benefit well um the, the great thing about what joe said actually and i don't know have you guys seen web therapy or heard of it i've heard of it yeah yeah it, that's well i was thinking when you were saying about having that online and then eventually getting it towards TV. That's a good example of that because for those who don't know that, it's a show that Lisa Kudrow did and I really yeah, like right. I I really liked it. And you know, it's had some amazing like um guest stars on. I actually uh, heard about it through Conan O'Brien because he was on an episode and I liked I like watching his show. And and yeah, so um that which is a good avenue and it leads to my next question is 
it very much didn't change that much when it transferred to TV. And I think Lisa Kudra even said in an interview that that was one of the things that the, has the power of the internet and the power of like when you put it put it put something online is you can dictate like what happens with it. If someone comes to you and says, oh, I'd like this show to be on this thing. And like, yeah, but we don't want to change it too much because the core what it is is why it's got a fo- like a following or, or fans or yeah, something. Sure. So is that... Is that the advantage of doing it this way, do you think, from your point of view, doing Renfest? I I think so. I think it's a huge advantage. I mean, we, you know, the idea is that we really want to uh, establish, like I said, establish the tone of the show, establish what the show's about, and find the audience. I mean, another good example of that might be a show like Portlandia, which was, you know, was bootstrapped, really. I mean, of course, you're talking about Fred Armisen and, uh, you know, the power that comes with him, but yeah. he... Still, it was not like a, a huge like uh, premiere of the show. It was, hey, we're going to do this little show and see if it catches on. And it caught on. It found its audience. People mm-hmm. loved it. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and I, I would also offer, um, I don't know if either of you have watched um, Baskets. And, of course, that had Zach Galifianakis behind it and Louis C.K. Yep. But it's so offbeat and so weird you have to imagine that they also had a singular vision and i think they were lucky that they got fx behind it but but you know that they owned that idea and premise and that i i find that really encouraging and cool yeah i'm do you agree with i mean um this is something you kind of yeah i think it's mentioned on your website a similar thing to what i'm about to say is that do you think there's an element of that this type of show is hard to get on TV? And if so, like, what's the what's the what's the issue? Wow, I'm going to let Joe speak to that because I think it's hard to get anything on TV. <laughs> you know, I, that's an answer. seriously, that's I don't, an answer, I don't though, know yeah. the ins and outs the way like Joe does and Sean Otto and Paul Sadegi and even Jeff Stonehouse like that. Yeah. That is kind of beyond me. So Joe, yeah, I'm going to okay. pass that to you. Help. Uh, wow. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Mary. You're welcome. <laughs> Mary, Joe, that's, yeah. Joe, that's awesome. go. <laughs> Action. Uh, okay. So, uh, yeah, is it, does it make it easier? Sorry. Can you repeat the question? Yeah, then? of course. I yeah. So, I was just, um, I was just, I was just saying, do you think like this type of show, I mean, obviously, we can talk. We're gonna we, we'll we'll talk about because I, I must get back to the Ricky Gervais comparison because I totally understand that. Um, but do you think like a show like this? And I'm thinking of certain, you know, being someone who is a fan of online media, and I I, I obviously I've seen stuff like The Guild, which is obviously a huge web series, and uh, and stuff like that, which has had a huge fan base over the internet. Is that a lot of people end up doing internet format stuff because usually the subject matter is hard to sell on like, you know, network TV or something like that. Or, um, do you think, do you think that's the, that's the issue with this? And if so, what is the problem? Uh, I don't think there's any problem really. I think it's all opportunity, right? I mean, we're, we're interested in just finding the audience for it and wherever that audience is, it's great. I mean, the thing that the internet does is that, uh, and also the rev, you know, this whole within the past, you know, decade, two decades of this expansion of cables, cable TV, and more networks that are more, you know, specific to the audience, and um, it just allows you to to reach uh, that specific audience exactly, in yeah. a much more effective way. So we're, we're open to, you know, 
finding our audience. That's all we want to do. We mm-hmm. just we we love this idea. We love these characters that we've created. Yeah. And uh, and you know we feel like it. It we you know personally I think we all feel like it. It stretches beyond just you know rent fairs and uh, you know mm-hmm. MST and you know the Comic Con crowd. Just because you know these are these are real characters and they're dealing with topical. Uh, events that are happening in our in our society, but Couldn't it's just against the backdrop. Yeah, it's just in, in against the backdrop of the rent there. It's it's something I. Yeah. Of, I mean, it's funny as someone who has a podcast with Geek in the title. I often like that. I totally agree with what you just said because if you think about, for example, like Star Trek, what made Star Trek so great was that you know everyone goes, oh, it's a geek show, and like obviously how Trekkies are perceived now is far different than it ever was. But the point I'm making is that. Star Trek was amazing because it talked about social economical factors of, of its yeah, time, right. um, which everyone can relate to. So you know, regardless of the regardless of the theme or the setting you put it in, if you talk about stuff that everybody understands or empathizes or whatever I mean, whatever feeling it is, it doesn't necessarily matter what the subject matter is about. Um, yeah, uh, lo- I guess I guess the point is as long as it's interesting because. I mean, let's go and talk about the Ricky Gervais factor, and then obviously I want to talk about, like, you know, why you are why you came up with the, the, you know, Renaissance Festival idea, or at least why, how, what you guys know about it. But, like, The Office is a great example of that, and uh, as I watched the mini pilot, I understood the influence, like, it made a lot of sense. But I don't know if you guys are aware when that first came out that that we really struggled to get on TV because um, it was it was such a niche thing to do. And as... Mm-hmm. And what I loved, what I saw an interview that Ricky Gervais said about that, where he basically said, if if the characters didn't own up to the camera, like it was a documentary about them, it would just be a bunch of idiots in an office, and there would be no point to it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, like, they first actually, I don't know if you know this, but when they first did, like, with all the actors, because there's the, there's the famous video of, of him doing David Brent on his own, but when he got other people involved, they did it as a straight-up, like, drama originally. And then they realized that it didn't work at all because they were like, yeah. oh, we've got these cameras. And then as soon as they started getting the actors playing up to the camera, it suddenly fixed it. Um, so did that oh, wow. have a heavy... Because I want to ask you, being Americans, is like, what? when did you got, when you guys first saw The Office, then we'll get to Renfest, obviously, because it's an influence, is that what did you guys first think when you saw it? Uh, and you're, you're speaking about the British office, yeah, the good uh, well, ooh, yes, well, I'm sorry, yeah, I forgot about that. But yeah, did you? Well, I guess yeah. The first question should be: Have you seen the British version? Yes. Yeah, of I've, course. Yeah, I've watched the entire thing. So, uh, yeah. are you? Are we going along with the premise of you guys think it's better than the American one? Yes, I do. Mary? Well, I think I think it's uh, impossible to hold a candle to the British one. Yeah, that's so nice <laughs> to hear. Because, because I, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a fan of Steve Carell, so you know. But um, let's let's use the British office for our point of reference because yes, that, that series totally blew my mind in what they were doing and um, seeing the characters' humanity when they do talk into the when they talk to the camera mm-hmm. and um, seeing what people under office duress come to. I mean, we're all those people when we're in a, a, a work situation. Yeah. 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 I, yeah, I really love. I really loved, um, kind of the unfettered view of all of our, er- you know, all of our uh, errors, our, our scabs, and everything that. 
I mean, David Brent was was not really a likable character, and but yet he was. I mean, he was he was so wrong. He was funny and he was right. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that's that kind of pain, that painful comedy, that comedy yeah. through pain and and uh, social kind of errors. Oh my god! I mean, it was so funny, and that's what that's what struck me about it is that I just watched it and like every time you would say something, you're like, Oh God, I shouldn't be laughing, but that is totally funny. Isn't that- now, his, inept- his ineptitude with people and life <laughs> is, is really maddening and anxiety provoking and touching all at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you have, yeah. You, uh, you make me laugh because I just, I remember when I first watched it and as you said, Mary, like you watch it with a degree of anxiety yourself, like you're embarrassed on his behalf, which <laughs> is God, really, yeah. which is really like it's 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 so fascinating that you watch something because I'm someone that I don't really like, you know, being embarrassed or or, or, or I guess shocked. I'm not a horror fan or anything like that. So, but right. it's it's so difficult not to watch. Uh, which it, it, which is so weird, you know. It's like a, it's like the, he's like he's found some sort of like hidden potion or you know elixir of, of just I can't take my eyes off it. And because I remember when right. I first watched it, I was like, I'm not sure what I feel about this. I feel very like not sure of it. And then you like it's I I often say to people who because I don't know whether you guys have had this experience, but I'd had I remember having friends when it first came out in particular, and I guess. When I got older, I appreciated it more because it has a lot of stuff within it. And I, I said to people who dislike the first view and watch it again, and you'll really, you'll really like start to understand it if you watch it the second yeah. time because you get rid of that anxiety feeling and go, "This is just funny." Because the thing I was going to ask you guys: Do you think it's an, Do you think it's an element of of people being genuine? Because I guess my problem with a lot of mainstream stuff is they try and sort of parody something as opposed to actually do something for real. Like, it's not yeah. actually a genuine thing. Whereas, which I, I'm not, again, I'm not just saying this because you guys are on, but um, it's a sub, you guys have, have done a subject matter and about something that, that seems, I guess the office is about people being in an office, which is credibly mundane. But, it's, but my point is, it's really genuine. Um, it's a genuine thing that people do as a job so do you think that's that's part of the the reason people find stuff like this so appealing i i think so i I think you know the trick to anything is that um you have to have real respect for the subject matter that you're you're portraying and for the characters that you're portraying and um i think kind of what happens and what happened to uh, i mean there's some genius there obviously we're genius things about the american office and you know mainly like steve carell and uh, some of the uh, characters and stuff, I, I, but it was a very, it was a broader, um, almost a caricature of the characters rather than uh, earthy kind of earnest portrayal of them. Yeah, and that that was like the biggest difference between the two executions for me mm-hmm. is that I think the British version was almost like a, a, a real earnest portrayal of office archetypes. Um. And I think that's what we, we want to achieve is that we, we have a real respect for rent fairs and for the people involved in them mm-hmm. and for the community that's there. And the, the trick was with the show was to develop characters that would have a central conflict, mainly Elizabeth, yes. um, who is trying to bring authenticity to an extremely theatrical world. And uh, and it's just always puts her in conflict and leads to just tons of fun and hilarious kind of 
scenarios. Yeah, that's yeah, totally and she true. she comes from an earnest, sincere place too, mm-hmm. and she is not prepared for that clash of cultures and does not understand it. Mm-hmm. Is there an element of? I mean, this is kind of. They always sort of say when you write something is you have to have sort of an internal com- a conflict inside it. And I guess the conflict for Elizabeth is that she will, does she, I guess what I'm asking you, and I, again, feel free to, to, to say this as loose as you, uh, answer this as loose as you want, but I kind of got this idea of almost Mary is kind of ignorant to the fact of that she doesn't realize that people don't care. It's like, she just has this like optimistic, like this overbearing optimistic view that like it's it's gonna continue like i guess so it's just i don't know she has this like uh, i find a lot of people like that who are just so passionate about something that sometimes they have a blind spot when they don't realize that people are being <laughs> and, like, i guess speaking a bit down about them do you, do you get my point mary because i guess i'm yeah. yes. a person who does it yes i think she and i think she's immune to the clues being yeah thrown at her <laughs> Uh, because a she, it's a new job for her, so she's very she really wants to keep her nose to the grindstone. I think she has a singular focus and is immune to the layers of uh, nuance and subtlety around that. And she she doesn't get how a Renfest would have the multiple layers. Yeah. So. Um, when we, we when we shot last fall at the Renaissance Festival, it was so cool to see all these um, people. I hadn't been there in years, but the costumes are beautiful. The yeah. the um, it's this beautiful setup, and uh, I felt really true to the character because I I have had numerous jobs where I got the I understood the tasks, but I didn't understand the bigger picture. Yeah. So then you have all these people who are so generous with their time, not just as actors, but as the people being the actors, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. And so I felt very at home with that and that they were so willing to participate. Sorry, I got a little far afield. No, but, awesome. um, no, no, that, that yeah. makes, um, no, I'm, 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 that, that, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. I'm just, I'm laughing at the, you know, the, uh, as I say, I, I've watched the pilot a couple of times that they sent me and, and just, as I say, I, uh, we obviously just to let people be aware of we're not going to talk about the plot because the reason for that is because it's going to be part of the kickstarter which we'll get to towards the end and just make sure we mention that um is just the, i just mentioned a couple of lines which i'm sure you're okay with which is like i'm just thinking of this one particular example which i'll not say too much but just where when um when mary's describing how she got the job <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's completely not <laughs> like and then they sh- you show you, you show how she got it and just the way she described again it's just this like the blind spot just i, I laughed a lot when i saw yes. that it was just so funny <laughs> so glad uh, to hear that thank you oh it was yeah. so funny because i and, and also um as someone who and people who listen to this podcast are aware i have a sister who's a creator at um, a museum and so this this is very similar to what she does for a job and the line that uh, made me laugh, which probably is not, I hope makes other people laugh, but I appreciated it on another level, being that I have a sister that does this kind of job, is when you said, uh, there's a line where Elizabeth says, I almost have a PhD or something, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and she just says that really, like, off-candidly, like, oh, I, I'm a person who has an almost PhD, which, like, no one says. <laughs> and I'm like, that's just so ridiculous, that's just so brilliant. That, like, yeah, because I've heard people who, 
I almost went to college. Like, I've heard that <laughs> phrase before. Right. You know? Like, I said, it means something. Yeah, I almost went to college. And, like, and you asked them what do they mean. They went, oh, well, I got to the front door. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I think it's also, like, after 14 years. After 14 years yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I said, but... like, she's just, like, one, one month, and I'm going to get it. I'm sure of it. Yeah, that's brilliant. But, um, but I wanted you, I wanted to ask you, and then we'll ask Joe about the directing. It's, like, when it got pitched to you, Mary, in the role of Elizabeth, what was your first reaction? Panic. <laughs> um, you should, so it's good to know had, you're genuine, Mary. Had, <laughs> you should be honest. It's the truth. I mean, yes. we had brainstormed. Um, uh, I, I think how it came up is we were trying to brainstorm who the characters are and what yes. what the uh, what or who the pro- protagonist is, and. Uh, I just threw out there that it's it's um, a, P, a failed PhD student, and somehow that escalated. And then uh, the last thing I remember is Jeff Stonehouse turning to me and saying, "And it's going to be you." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this was this was still in the formative stages, so I didn't take it too seriously. And then, <laughs> as is my as what happens to me in my life is all of a sudden. We're on um, the Renfest grounds, and I'm trying to memorize lines and think, how how did this happen? Because I'll be honest, I don't, I I am no Meryl Streep. I can I can't memorize lines and move to my spot at the same time. And I should probably let Joe Shock know that right now. So I'm sorry, Jim. This is his point of frustration. At that. <laughs> no, just giving him the heads up, that's all. Okay. You know what? The, the beauty thing about it, though, is that this is not, this isn't the type of project where uh, she's required to memorize the lines yeah. verbatim. Right. Exactly, she yeah. just, we just, she just needs to embody the uh, character, which she has done amazingly. I mean, people love her, yes, and they love the character. And uh, you know, in fact, to the point, one of my favorite, um, absolutely favorite things that I giggle at every single time I see the show is when she says diversity. <laughs> she laughs. <laughs> oh, yeah, some great one line. There's some great one lines in it. Like, yeah, I, I mean, it's my, I guess, because we, we just we, we talked about the office and the influence because the the office, uh, particularly the British version, and I mean, uh, just to clarify, I think the American version is good. It's just different. Um, is yep. the is the it kind of uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. It kind of showed the American audience, I guess, a, a, a more typical British humour because that is very much what we're like. Uh, as a as a as a as a general sort of uh, I was gonna say a species, but you know what I mean. Like, we're like we're like you know what I mean. Like, as in we're sarcastic and we tease each other, but it's never meant in a bad sense. And as someone you know who does a podcast, I'm from Newcastle, which is a very working class part of the country, and that is how we're brought up. And as Ricky Gervais was born in Reading, which is similar a similar place, is that um, it's the same thing of that you get through life. The, the the main important thing about life is is I guess bullshitting with each other and, and, and laughing and, 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 and teasing each other, but it's never meant in a malicious way. And I guess what I wanted to ask you guys about Elizabeth, and obviously we should mention the premise as well because we've, we've sort of hinted about it, is um, it, it, I guess the point is like most comedies uh, is that if she took any of this personally, it wouldn't be funny. Is that fair to say? 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think so. I, and I, I think more than like taking it personally, she, she just isn't even, it's not even in her, like on it, her yeah. radar. Yeah. 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 She, yeah. yeah. In her wheelhouse. Right. <laughs> and as you said, you kind of have to like the character in that sense because she is slightly gullible. Um, but ain't lovable gullible. <laughs> if that's, a, if that's a term. I like that. Um, so yeah, it, um, that's kind of what I felt when I did it. So when I, when I watched it. So like, that's a good feeling because, and um, there's great examples of that in British in British comedies where you know the the, the people who try um, I guess the people love a trier so the fact that she's trying um, to do something um, to, to, to do her job to the best of her ability makes a lot of sense to me. Um, yeah. What was your What was your reaction, Joe, when you first got asked to direct this? When you read it and stuff like the first, I guess the first draft, I guess. Well, I'm I, you know, to, just to be clear, actually, it, it was. The group of us all that really yeah, co-created the yeah, show, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I, I think as we were going through it, um, I was I was really hoping and uh, hoping that I would be directing it. To tell you the truth, oh, I, mean, right, okay. I, I just I just felt like I could really uh, bring bring the humor to life on it and and uh, so forth. And you know, so being part of uh, you know creating it along with MJ and. Trace and Sean and Jeff and Paul and mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> was was a huge thing and it was a great group and every time we got together we would just sit and giggle and snicker and laugh and guffaw and mm-hmm. and then um, so yeah I was I was psyched I mean I was totally excited and I gotta tell you the shoot uh, which we shot for all told probably probably a day and a half I would say uh, you know in the end but. You know, because we were doing it on a shoestring, um, we were all, we didn't have, you don't have the the normal support that you do. And we were all like doing above and beyond what, uh, what we would normally be expected to do, which is fine. And we were totally happy to do it. Um, but it was, it was fun being on the shoot because it was very much like things would come up at the last minute and having the, the experience and the history that we all had, we were just so able to roll with it and take advantage of the opportunities and uh, just create something that I think we were all really happy with. Uh, I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more. Someone who, um, whenever I get asked about this kind of thing, is that I've worked on BBC Productions and um, we've just done a, a pilot for a web series that's kind of in post at the minute. And that is one of the things that is, there's obviously pros and cons to stuff like this that you just touched on. But for something like this, which I guess you, you've just said is the feeling you got for this, which I totally concur with, is that it, what we experienced is you, you all do multiple jobs and you're all just like kind of just all chip in and kind of get it, get it, get it filmed. Yep. But one of the things I most love about it, and it leads me to ask you about improvisation to some degree, is just to, to mention that, um, I really, like, if you, you, there's more like, it, why don't you try this kind of feeling, you know, like, and why don't you do it that way, why don't you do it this way, kind of, do you get what I mean? So, it, it has much more sort of creative freedom, I guess, is what I'm saying, which, um, which, if you've got a whole massive production, is this, like, you need to do it this way, because there's this amount of money being spent doing it. <laughs> right. Uh, everything's I mean? lockstep. Yeah. yeah, everything's lockstep, and when we were on the fairgrounds, uh, the Renfest fairgrounds, uh, we seized so many opportunities like Joe Shock and Jeff Stonehouse would see these opportunities and we just do tremendous left turns. We're going over here and doing stuff on the fly and everyone was on the same page. It was so fun. 
people just diving into everything. Oh, awesome. Okay, yeah. Uh, just to reiterate, because I know you're just thinking this, but I'll mention it just because I'll mention it officially. Um, are you guys okay for the next 15 minutes then? Is that, is, did he confirm that? Uh, let's just assume he is. Okay, great. Well, as I say, yeah, because then uh, obviously I want to I wanna, uh, mention the Kickstarter and stuff, which is what I was heading to, which is what I always do for stuff like this. Um, Thank you. So, so, um, well, so obviously, the, for the, for, uh, I'll obviously mention this in the post, I do a post production introduction where I'll mention. Uh, the synopsis of this show, but let's let's talk about it as a group. And um, is is obviously the so the the point of the show is that um, Mary Mary's character Elizabeth goes to a, a Ren festival, a, a Renaissance festival, and she has been hired to be the second assistant. Is it director? I don't know. Uh, uh, general second, manager, general second manager. assistant general manager. Yeah, basically. Um, which which by the way, there really is no first assistant general manager. <laughs> I was she just that. to pay her less. Yeah, I was wondering that. I rewatched. Going, why is she second assistant? That makes sense. Yeah, I'm glad he said because that. Because trying to, de- he's trying to diminish her role as much as possible. <laughs> yeah. so. Well, as as I don't know if this uh, actually, I'll not say that because I might ruin ruin it for the mini pilot. But yeah, they do explain why why what that they do hint at that. Uh, I, I thought of the line. Yeah. Anyway, that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So yeah, but um, the reason why we're saying it's the offices is because it's like I guess a docu- Would it be fair to say like a, a almost like a docu? A documentary of, of a festival and the sort of inner politics of what happens within the festival, which I guess makes it interesting because you may look at certain festivals. I guess I don't know. Maybe Renaissance fairs happen much here, but obviously we go to festivals similar to that, um, and you never really think about how it sort of gets put together. So was that kind of the thought process behind, uh, I guess, the theme and, and putting it in a festival? Yeah. That was uh, that's that's it exactly. We thought of it as kind of the back office politics of your local run fair. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, I guess did you kind of have to sit down and think about what the inner politics would be, and did you research? Did you like talk to people who have worked in Renaissance festivals and say what's the you know I guess do some research and ask them about what happens and what what is the what is the main issues behind it and that kind of thing. So we were really lucky to um, connect with um, a fellow by the name of Carr Hagerman, who okay. is uh, Joe Shock. Is he the artistic director of the Renaissance he's the ar- Festival? He's the artistic director, yeah. He and, and then Jim, Jim Cunningham. And Jim Cunningham, who has worked there for years. And uh, we, through, we knew these guys or people in the group knew these guys. They came and met, met with us several times. So we got a real feel for um, what life was like there and on the grounds and being an actor. We, we had myriad meetings with people, these two guys and others along the way, and they really gave us a flavor for what it was like. In fact, um, Carr was saying that after the first meeting with him, he gave us a tour of the grounds while it was off-season, mm-hmm. And when Sean Otto, the writer, went away with all that information, he came back with a script that had so much of Carr's stuff in there that Carr was kind of like, oh, my God, I didn't know I was on the record. So <laughs> does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, of course it does. Yeah, and it's, again, I think that's what makes it genuine is you actually ask people who have experienced exactly what you're doing in the, in the project. Um, yeah, I, I did that when because the web series we're doing is based about a bunch, it's only like a bunch of, of eccentric geeks living in Newcastle because the reason that it was semi-biographical in the sense of that being working class and 
wanting to, you know, do productions and write things, which is what I like doing, is, is my passion. Um, and obviously podcasting and stuff, like, it, the idea of doing that, like, my parents still don't really fully understand what it is that I do, because that's just kind of <laughs> right. the, you know, that's just kind of the way it is. I, I yeah. don't either, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but, we get it, we yeah, get it. Yeah, which I guess is something we share, yeah, because, you know, as having friends in America, you know, in kind of the same sort of places like you just said, it's Minnesota you said you're from, wasn't it? And, yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, so is that kind of, am I fair to say, would you say, I know you, uh, there's an argument that you don't have a class system, which I don't agree with, but would you oh. say it's kind of... Um, oh, please, yes. Yeah, yeah, would you say it's kind of that kind of area, is it working classy type place growing up there? Minnesota? Yeah. I, I, actually, Minnesota is a fairly refined, uh, well-adjusted state. I mean, it's one of the better states to live in. I, I mean, we feel, and that's why we live here. Yeah, of course, um, yeah. And it's got a you know wide range of socioeconomic classes and communities. We have the largest Somalian community in the uh, United oh, States, actually. I wanted to bring that up because obviously we should mention you've got a, a character who is a Somali American, and I wanted to ask the guy who plays him: is he actually Somalian himself? Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Great. We we actually found him. Uh, I have a friend who cast uh, the gentleman that played in um, uh, Captain Phillips. Ah, yeah. I was ask you that. Yeah, so, okay. yeah, so through that casting, she put me in touch with other actors that had, including uh, Barkad, who had who played the role in Captain Phillips. Yes, he's um, brilliant. Yeah, but uh, so she put me in touch with a bunch of people, and we auditioned. And Jamal cool. uh, was one of the guys that came in, and he was just he's so likable and so uh just such a sweetheart of a guy that um That's he really right. stood out and he was fantastic so, yeah he plays AK in the pilot for those of yeah plays AK. yeah um and in terms of that character really the gen the, the genesis yeah of the of the character what it was it was that uh we wanted to have we we just thought it would be funny that if uh her assistant was somebody that flew in the face of everything that she was about in terms of authenticity so you know i don't think there were many somalians at in uh the renaissance fest uh or yeah. renaissance i mean it's uh it's like renaissance festivals just because again i'm speaking as an englishman here like how popular are all these festivals are they is it like something that americans go to often i i think so uh, uh my my anecdotal evidence is that every time you say renaissance festival to someone they have this immediate response to it. People, most people have been to at least one or, and, or they know exactly what you're talking about. Um, it's a huge, there's a huge population that um, performs and uh, does cosplay at the Renaissance Festival nice. and festivals and travel with them. And there's a huge population, I think, Joe, correct me if I'm wrong, of people who attend. They're, and they're all over the country, and people, they're huge fans. They're almost like deadheads that yeah. will travel from festival yeah. to festival. Yeah, I think I think their annual door at, like, on a national scale in the U.S. is, like, five to six million. Or, nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so certainly not niche, then. I guess the, no. certainly families go, by the sounds of that. So that's cool, um, because, I mean, it's, as I say, like, you know, festivals... I guess because obviously we're a lot smaller, obviously, the, the, the UK is, but, you know, obviously we go to, like, you know, certain festivals, but I guess, it, uh, as we pointed out earlier, it doesn't necessarily matter that it's in the Renaissance, it's just that's the theme, and um, it could be any sort of festival because of the inner turmoil. So I wanted to tell this very quick story 
of a comedian who I know, who, a very well-known comedian in, in uh, from, from this part of the country, tells tells a very quick story on it, one of his stand-up DVDs about um he used to do he used to do the costumes, you know how you, you know how he used to dress up as like a big teddy bear or something at like a festival somewhere. And he oh, that's a different this, type of festival. You mean yeah. like furries? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like furry? yeah, like you oh. know. Like, yeah, and uh, he did it. He said it was uh, it's a like standard routine he does, but this is one hundred percent true. Where he said that he only did, he only had one job in his life, and he had to be a, a, a teddy bear costume inside the costume of a teddy bear, and he did it for one day because, and then he left because he hated it that much. But he had one great, he had one great story, which was, and I cried when I watched, like listened to this for the first time, watching him do this routine, where he tells the story of how. The funniest thing he's ever seen was behind the, the behind the stage, and this is a I guess is a good comparison to plug Renfest because this has a, a good examples of this in the pilot. Is um, the two teddy bears were going out with each other, so it was um, it was uh, girlfriend and boyfriend, and they're in mid like getting the teddy bear on, and they must have had a, they must have had a row they must have had a row before they actually done this. So as they're getting like as they're putting their costumes on. This guy, Ross Noble, who's the comedian, well-known English comedian, he tells the story. And he's, like, watching them getting changed as they're, like, literally screaming at each other. And he said there is nothing funnier than seeing two teddy bears in costumes, like, telling, every, telling each other to F off, to, to go F off. And, like, why don't you go, why don't you go F yourselves? You know, you're a absolute disgrace. And then the funniest thing was, as the, the guy, the guy, like, you know how, like, when you have an argument and then you walk out in a fit of rage, like, you just leave, you know, like, you slam a door or something. He attempts to do that, like, so he, tra- he opens, like, a fire exit, and as he does that, he falls over. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Crazy. Oh. Excellent. I know, yeah, and so that, yeah, so that's obviously, I guess you've probably heard a zillion stories of people giving you tips on what to write, but that's a great example that's hilarious. of, yeah, so funny, yeah, so funny. So, yeah, um, as, as we just touched on, so I hope that gives people a rough synopsis of, 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 uh, of Renfest, and we've did a little bit of background and stuff. So we should mention the Kickstarter. So it's been going. How long's it been going? I mean, it's got thirteen days. But how long's it been? A month. Uh, two weeks, I think. It's yeah. Been going so it's a month of Kickstarter, I guess. Is what I'm asking. Yeah. Because yep. Um, yep. I've been sort of watching it as we've been recording this. Obviously, we pre-recorded this, and um, it's actually got five backers since we've been recording. So that's a good. Um, <laughs> that's a good, nice thing. So. Um, so just to let people know, because this is coming out, and if we're, we're releasing this podcast in a few days' time, obviously, as you're listening to this, um, it's currently, as we're recording, at 825 backers, and uh, you're pledging for $365,000. As someone who's been in television production, that's next to nothing. <laughs> so, right. yeah. Um, right. So yeah, yeah I thought that. Out. And it's got, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I'm asking that for. I'm probably telling you that on your behalf as someone who, you know, I, I our web series is going to be like far less than far less than that. But it's uh, based on obviously, you know, I, I, I didn't have time to go through Joe about what because I would be interested because I'm a geek for this, like what cameras and stuff you use. But that, we could talk about that another time, hopefully. But um, but yeah. Just want to reiterate to people to go. How much? I'm like that's nothing for the production. Believe me. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the average. Uh, you know, if if this were a full pilot out done by a Hollywood studio or whatever, I think the average is now up to like two point two exactly, million. Yeah. And considering now this television shows that like a one and a half million dollars per episode, you know, that's just it. yeah, yeah. yeah. And we like to think exactly. that you know we're we're bringing a pretty well established yeah. uh, professional team. I mean, Sean Otto was up for. Uh, 
Academy Award for uh, House of Sand and Fog, Mary Jo and Trace, years with Mystery Science Theater. and uh, yeah, and we, I was going to mention that, yeah, and Freaks, and Freaks and Geeks, which is kind of Freaks like the and Cotton, Cotton Se- series. Uh, I was going yeah, to bring that up. Dave Gruber Allen. Yeah, Dave yeah. Allen. Uh, yeah, you just think of some of the people. I was going to make a joke like James Franco, who destroyed the Oscar presentations. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I know it's just cheap, 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 uh, cheap drive, but no. Uh, Freaks and Geeks for those obviously only lasted like one season, wasn't it? And uh, Jason Siegel, who went on to be Marshall and I wrote your mother and a bunch of other really, really, really great, a huge amount of talent in that show. So uh, Enormous, yeah, yeah, it's been amazing. And, yeah. uh, and Dave Gruber Allen has kind of just almost become our uh, production angel. I mean, he's just such a good spirit to have on with us. Yes. And, and by that, I mean, I don't, I don't mean he like threw a bunch of money or anything. It's just that he, his, presence in his spirit has been so positive and uh wonderful to have great. we love dave gruber allen yeah. just a Everyone. great spirit uh, and hilarious hilarious yeah. what's the uh, facebook page for gruber like oh uh gruber sightings gruber sightings so yeah Go on Facebook, look up Gruber sightings, and it's people posting pictures of people they see who have the long beard and the oh, long great. hair. It's uncanny. It's hilarious. That's brilliant. That sounds like something I'd like. Yeah, totally do that, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I should, uh, obviously, with the people we haven't mentioned, obviously, other members of the cast, like, overall, it's really well-casted. Like, um, it, and, and as I said, as someone who's seen it, obviously, as I'm sure people can appreciate, we can't go too much into the mini pilot because it's one of the stuff you get for backing it. But um, I really, honestly, really liked it, guys. It was really great, and I, I hope, I hope it gets made. And, 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 and one of the things I wanted to just say, just because I'm a huge fan, and we'll wrap this up, is just to say, um, like for example, and I know, you know, obviously everyone who backed it, I know you appreciate, it, but Pendulet backed it, which is pretty awesome. I know, right? Yeah. Also, the uh, executive producer of Ah, uh, uh, I'm just facing it now. The uh, 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 yeah, yeah. Festivity.com or Renfest TV. It will take you to the Kickstarter. Yeah. We'd love your help and we just really appreciate it. Yeah, of course, yeah. And uh, yeah, I'll make sure I put a link on for people who are watching this on iTunes and on my website and stuff like that. So have a click and check out that Kickstarter. And obviously, yeah, on Renfest.tv has a bunch of information. Uh, stuff we never got into, like um, just, I guess, some quick fire questions with Shaquille O'Neal. Is, yeah. is Shaquille O'Neal as funny as, as I expected, Joe? <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal is actually a, a an unbelievably generous guy. I mean, I we during that shoot, uh, there was a woman at the front desk of the. We shot it in the uh, in a conference room in a hotel, and um, there was a woman working the front desk who had a daughter who was I think ten or eleven years old, but she had she was uh, suffered from dwarfism, so she was wow. he he could literally hold her in his hand. Yeah, and wow. uh, she she just sat in his hand. That's great. Well, she didn't the woman was having trouble finding shoes for her daughter. And so Shaquille, uh, who has his shoes yeah. specially made for him, yeah, had yeah. 50 pair made for her. Oh, so cool. 
Yeah, I, yeah. I've always, I mean, I just wanted to ask that because everyone who knows, especially people who know me personally, I'm a huge, huge NBA fan. So I watch Well, you look yeah. a lot like Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad you noticed my athletic physique. Um, I try to hide yeah. it, but, um, but yeah, thank you so much. It's um, a broad frame, I think. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a vibe. I have an internal strength. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, oh, that's, that's really nice of you to say. But, um, but, uh, but no, I just wanted to ask, obviously, working with Shatner must have been fun. Uh, another guy who is, I mean, Shatner blew me away. Just, uh, we got on r- really well yeah, and, um, mind, yeah. but his professionalism and his understanding of what he was there and what he was bringing to the project. And, uh, I mean, he was such a collaborator and really understood everything and just had a great time after the shoot. I actually went to LA at the time he was shooting Boston public and, uh, went right. on the set set to see him there and then went to a charity dinner he's very involved in yeah i've always charity. liked him i know he's kind of a bit like you know some like love him i hate him type people some of the time but uh like for some people but i've always i've always found him i've always enjoyed him like i love him in yeah interviews. i think he's very interesting but um, i i'm in the love him camp yeah, yeah I, just, I have a lot of respect yeah. for him yeah i do as well i like i like watching and um, i guess the final question because just some uh, is somebody because i'm a, I, and obviously uh, hopefully i'd love to get you guys on to talk more about like sort of especially like your background stuff because obviously we never really discussed that but in sure. terms of in terms of um, because I'm a huge fan of improvisation, I actually trained in it, so I'm just really curious to know, because as someone who watched a mini-pilot, how much improvised was there, and like, uh, how much of it was scripted? Would you say, if you had a percentage, I guess? I guess if it was a percentage, I guess uh, 50, 60%, oh, because we had this great, this great script. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Cool. And then when we ran, ran into these situations, we rolled with those. Yeah. So, and because I'm a terrible memorizer, sometimes I just had to launch off on something. So, <laughs> but in quite honestly, I mean that's that's how I feel. Like every great project that I've been involved with, it uses the script as kind of a launching pad, and and I think that uh, you have to allow the the actors to own that character, and a lot of times that means putting it into their own words exactly, and yeah. uh, really interpreting what that is. I, I, love, I, so, I mean, as I said, I've worked on stuff that other people have wrote and I wrote the series, like I've, I've wrote the series we're working on and for the first time of doing that, I never understood what people said, what you just said. Um, I absolutely love when people pitch in what they think their character should do because I find more often than not when we used to sit down because we rehearsed the hell out of this thing and uh, we sat down and they said, I don't think my character would say that and they explained it. I'm like, holy hell, they're right. <laughs> they're right. Yeah. I wrote the thing and I'm sitting there going, yeah, actually, they're quite right. They wouldn't say that. And, and yeah. especially as, I don't know, we've got, not got much time to go into this, but um, uh, I don't know if you've heard the phrase and, and having Mary on, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Mary, but I've heard the phrase that I really enjoy, which is, if you can replace a female character in particular with a potted plant, you've not got a good female character. Hear that phrase. <laughs> wow, I've not wow. heard that phrase. Yeah, I think it was something that Bill Brady said about Penny and in Big Bang Theory, or the criticism that they get about it, and wow. um, when they first wrote for Penny, and I think in tennis they did say that they didn't kind of get it right first season because she was the butt of the joke. Um, yeah, it, and I, I tend to agree with that. Is that? But I've heard like female, particularly female writers who I've had on the show, they've set phrases that way. Is that if you um, if you could replace a female character, because basically, do you agree with the premise of you, you sometimes see series where women are the yes women, like they just say yes Absolutely. to what men say? Um, oh, I mean? yeah, and it's, 
it's like I'm sure you've seen what Joss Whedon said, where yes. he was at some uh, sort of, of. Uh, of yeah. conference, and some reporter asked him, "Why do you write such strong female characters?" And he said, "Because of that question." Yes, you know, yeah. and Great. so yeah, yeah. yeah. That's absolutely. Yeah, that's a very good point. The very fact that it's a question that hopefully it won't be one like you feel the need to say that. Hopefully, we'll reach a point where it's not an issue. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Right. And are you familiar with the Bechdel test? Sorry. Uh, the Bechdel test, yeah. Alison Bechdel. She uh-huh. has um, Bechdel. She has uh, three criteria for whether or not it meets uh, if it's a meaningful woman character. So look it up. It's really right. interesting. I will do. That's really fun. Yeah. Right. Well, the, what, sorry. sorry, I thought there was like a maybe it was Sweden or something like that. But I thought they came up with a whole uh, uh, measurement system for that for some like. Anyways, sorry. Hello guys, this is me just in post, as you can probably hear the difference in quality and for some bizarre reason, which I've obviously checked, figured this out, uh, noticed this in post, is that unfortunately the recording gets worse in terms of roboticness and uh, we never noticed this in the actual chat, which is typical Skype, is that something goes wrong and doesn't even let you be aware of it, something was wrong, so it looked all fine, obviously, while I'm recording it, so apologies for the roboticness that you hear towards the end of it, which I tried desperately to fix and edit, it was actually, there was a random noise throughout the the show that I've managed to get rid of and post, but I can't get rid of my voice, just that it's in, uh, in the original recording that the roboticness was just too much towards the end, which is a shame, so I'm going to look at alternative ways, hopefully, of recording because this is just getting uh, too problematic but uh, luckily it only really affected it seems the last sort of five minutes which was just we're wrapping up to say obviously go to renfest.tv a uh, huge thank you to mary joe and uh, joe for being on the podcast i really enjoyed talking to them obviously i asked that i basically said to them a welcome back anytime so we'll talk about their career obviously uh, in the future and hopefully if renfest gets made we can have them on again to talk about that, and that's pretty much what we covered. And so, huge thank you for sticking with this. If you heard any of the uh, issues with sound, we can only I can only apologise, but I've been trying my very best in post to deal with this. But huge thank you to Mary and Joe, and of course, you guys for listening to the podcast. And I'll end the podcast like you always end in the words of the great Amy Robot, Josh Crash, and Burn. And we'll see you very soon for another edition of the Geek Podcast. Thanks, guys. Bye. <laughs>